up your frozen dinners, grab your TV tray, and settle in for another episode of The Plus Platoon, your podcast for all things Disney Plus, brought to you by Disney Plus fans. Watch along with us every week as we cover all the new, the old, the good, and the bad on Disney Plus. So put down that remote, don't touch that dial, and welcome your fabulous Plus Platoon host. Hey everyone, welcome to the Plus Platoon. We're a Disney Plus fan podcast that gives honest, spoiler-filled reviews of movies and shows on Disney Plus. Look at new releases, coming attractions, and we'll even go back into the vault to revisit some of the classic Disney that's on the platform. Make sure you're subscribed and you will never miss a moment. I'm going to bring in Kate. Kate, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing all right, brother. How are you? I eh, can't complain. Hasn't been too hot here yet, so that's not too bad. Oh, it's it's miserable here already. So well, of course, it, yeah, it's Florida in summer. It's the armpit of wherever <laughs> you want to stay. Yeah, that's true. I, I mean, I looked this morning; it was eighty-five, felt like a hundred and five. So yeah. no thanks. That tracks. That tracks. Uh, next, we've got Pete. Pete from Arizona, where it's a dry heat. It's actually been not too bad out here. It's been in the low 90s, and uh, honestly, till about noon, it's been pretty nice. And then in the afternoon, not so nice. But yeah, um, yeah it's it's, it's going to hit 104 on Saturday, though, just as I leave. Yeah. So, oh, well, good time Happy to be to be leaving. Then. Yeah. So, and last but not least, we've got a full position tonight. We got Steve. Steve, what's your count at? Seven days. Seven days. Seven days. And we went from a 20 degree difference yesterday. We are near 90. And today we dropped to the mid 60s. Nice. Mm, that sounds nice. Yeah. Guys, if you haven't already, please like, subscribe, share. We are everywhere at um, at Plus Platoon. Sorry, I forgot who we were for that for just, there for just a minute. Um, we are... This week, we have watched the Questlove documentary, Summer of Soul. This won the uh, Oscar for Best Documentary Feature. Now, a reason a lot of people don't remember that this one documentary feature is this was the award that was getting announced immediately after the slap. Oh, immediately after the slap. Oh, I forgot about that. That's why no one remembers this. Is because no one on social media was <laughs> it. This was the that <laughs> real. So yeah, this was pretty. Um, and what it does is it is the Harlem Cultural Festival of 1969, same summer as Woodstock. Over a course of, I believe it was six weekends. Um, where in park in Harlem, they had some of the um, African-American performers who were popular at the time come in and perform free concerts for everybody. So, and this took footage from as says at the beginning, it hasn't been seen in 50 years. And they then went back and interviewed some of the people who were a part of it. And Made it into a documentary made by Questlove from The Roots. He you know, now that you say that, Derek, I do remember Questlove coming up after or seeing uh -huh. a video or something. Um, and I remember it being very awkward. Like, very... Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, I remember it being very awkward. Yeah. So, all right. 
I'm going to start with probably I'm going to start with Pete on this one. This won the Oscar for best documentary feature. What about this made it Oscar worthy, Pete? So I think what, so to me, what's very interesting about this, this movie, this documentary is it is of a time, it is of a time that's, um, you know, the, the late sixties, uh, a time that there was a lot of unre- civil unrest going on and it kind of showed, um, it showed like a more positive side of what was going on about how, how the culture was changing for, uh, the black community. Um, I I mean, I want to start out by saying, I mean, clearly, you know, we're, it's not our culture, right? The four, (laughs) the four of us, um, it's also not of, it's also not of our time either, really. I mean, we were more than others. I was not born when this occurred. I know you're talking about me, Derek. Just point out how old I am. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) And, and, and anyways, you're right, Pete. (laughs) So, so, you know, we're, we're, we're looking at it from a outside of the culture perspective, but I think it's something we can still appreciate because it is a, it is, it is a very interesting time in American history and this is something that was kind of lost to history, at least to the overall history, you know, whereas, I mean, they, they did a lot of comparison. I think the, the subtitle for this is um, like when the, or revolution, how the revolution could not be televised, could not be televised because they don't spend a lot of time talking about it. But towards the end, they talk about they filmed this with the intention of releasing it and then they couldn't get someone they couldn't get someone to uh, be to have any interest in it. So they just basically stored the footage and I don't know how it, it finally came up because the, the footage is in pretty good condition anyways. Um, so uh, I think that the way that it was, th- this is my opinion, obviously the, the way that it was filmed, that it showed both the musical acts that were performing, but it also showed the relation of the time. So you got to see what was going on at that time outside of the festival in black culture uh, and and minority culture. There was some Latino there as well, Puerto Rican, things like that. But it was it was mostly focused on black culture. And I thought it was really interesting. The performances generally didn't go on too long. There were a few of them that weren't great, but I I thought the way they did it. showed us a lot of performances without it just being like a concert film where we, if, if you, if you, you know, if you don't like this person, you got to watch them for 20 minutes. Um, so I thought it was, I thought it was very interesting. I actually, I had watched, watched it maybe six months ago and this was the second time I watched it. Um, and I, I didn't find it as interesting the second time, but it, it still held my attention for the most part. So that's my comments. I'm going to let it go to Steve so he can let everybody else Take a turn. Uh, Thanks, Pete. Um, I think part of it is amazing how good the footage is. I mean, pretty clear, great sound. Um, I liked, like you said, Pete, how they had sort of the history intertwined so you understand what was going on at that time. Um, Hearing facts that I have never heard were like very eye-opening um things that come to mind is the writer for the new york times who got 
them to switch using the word Negro to Black. And just the idea of one person can push and make a huge difference. Um, all the intertwined stories, um, the other one that stands out is that fifth dimension of really being sort of seen since they sort of didn't really fit the mold of anything. I think that sort of stood out for me. Um, that one, I think, really stood out. I work in a very diverse school, so it's the, always about having people represented and being seen for who they are. I found that fascinated. Um, like you said, um, it was a concert fil- film documentary, but it's not a concert film. And I, I think um, I have more to say on that later. Um, I like to, as entertaining, like I said, I watched it again this afternoon for a little bit and pieces, not as entertaining as the first time. Um, but um, basically there's people I recognize that I've grown up listening to. And then some people I've never heard of, like, who's this? Um, which made me go Google and find out more information about those people. Um, Derek, what would you say? Um, I am glad that this documentary got made. Um, it again, as Pete says, it showed a moment in time that there had not been much documentation of positive things that were happening. To be perfectly honest, um, oh, Pete, you said this and none of this had ever been seen. CBS and ABC actually did do a couple one-hour specials right after this was brought right after the event happened so in 1969 they did actually broadcast a couple one hour specials showing short concert clips so it mm. was seen a little bit but to be seen in its quote unquote entirety i can under it had never been so much of this documentation had never been seen and it was stored in a basement i have a distinct feeling this was a covid project to be perfectly honest um, is why, okay, I never had time to do this. Oh, wow, look at all this footage we found. Because everyone cleans their basement in COVID. Um, <laughs> so, the truth, um, the truth of it, the truth. I loved, um, again, just some of the tiny facts that I like the fact that the Black New York City police refused to do security for the Fifth Dimension concert. So the Black Panthers had to do security that day. Um, also how much the New York mayor drove this and was key in order to make this happen. Um, it also helped make a connection for me in, okay, in Sister Act 2, when they sing, Oh, Happy Day, I knew I had heard that before. This makes sense. This showing it who was, who originally sang it and them doing it makes sense why they chose that for their first piece. That just helped make those kind of connections to me. Um, loved the <laughs> loved the uh, guy for the Family Stone going out and go. They got a white drummer. <laughs> <Seriously>? <laughs> they got white guys and girls with them. What is going on here? Um, but I noticed at least one, I can't remember which other group it was, but at least one of the other groups had a white drummer. So it was it was one of those where um, just seeing some of these groups you realize that how much they were loved by the, not only cultural as a society as a whole, but especially the African-American culture was such, was so, so loved, so loved the fifth dimension, so loved Stevie Wonder. Um, And I'm going to talk a little bit about him in our next segment. 
but um Kate Oh no. Kate, well, no 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 not not <laughs> not him specifically. But okay. Kate, I was gonna say, how can you talk bad about Stevie well, no, Wonder? No, not about him specifically, <laughs> not a, some of the choices they made. So oh, okay. Kate, so what made the what worked for you? Um oh I thoroughly enjoyed this documentary. Um, I can remember growing up and I would tell my mom, oh, I just hate music from the 60s. I just, uh, I just hate oh, music from the 60s. Okay. And now, well, no, I think what I didn't like was the super psychedelic side of the 60s. Um, I don't think I like the, a little bit of like Sergeant Pepper's um there there are certain songs but this showed me i was like oh my god my mom's generation had the best music ever like my mom's generation the late 50s 60s 70s and 80s but like late 50s to 70s like come on uh-huh. it's so good so um I really liked that they didn't shy away from what was happening in in the world at that time, politically, civil unrest. Pete, you did such a beautiful job with um, laying this out in, when we first started, because I was watching this and I literally was like, I don't know how we're going to commentate on this documentary. <laughs> like, ah, this could get really bad really fast. But Pete, Pete, just so you know, like I love how you set this up that this wasn't our culture. However, this did give us a really beautiful glimpse, (coughs) excuse me, into um, that the the African American and the Hispanic, the brown and black culture of that time, um, what they were walking through, the abuse that was happening. I loved um, what they talked, how they talked about Martin Martin Luther King. And I love, oh my gosh, Jesse Jackson was so young. Like <laughs> I didn't even hardly recognize him at first. He was so young. Um, well, and Kate on that, I had forgotten he was with Martin Luther King in Memphis. I know. Yeah. Yeah. And, I didn't, yeah, I never knew that. Room. Yeah. Right. I yeah. didn't know that. Um, and I'm so glad that they talked about that. And they talked about, these were the last words he said this. He talked about Jesus. It was the last, like, just beautiful. Um, <coughs> I love, love, loved the story that Fifth Dimension told about how one of the guys lost his wallet and uh-huh. the guy found it and was like, they're like, well, come see our show for free. And then he was like, come see my show for free. And it, they ended up um, going to hair. That, yeah, they ended up going to hair, which has the song Aquarius and Let the Sunshine In, and that they are the ones who kind of made that song really ridiculously popular. Um, uh-huh. So. Yeah, I loved the portion about Stevie Wonder. Um, I loved, loved this the the story or the song. Um, oh shoot, I'm not gonna be able to remember it now. It was the girl who was playing the piano. Nina Simone. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And she sang the song about being smart and young and black or something. And I was just like, this is so powerful. Like this is really powerful. So she um, she's really amazing. Yeah, I, I, there's very little negative that I have to say on this. I really enjoyed it. Okay. Yeah. I, I do want to add one more thing that I really liked that they showed like 
the breadth of the type of music that was was showcased like it wasn't all here's what here's what was popular <laughs> it was here's gospel here's you know um the latin tinged yeah. uh, kind of jazz music here's yeah. here's the you know here's the the old fashioned uh, motown sound here's this so yeah. you get to hear a little bit of everything which again <laughs> it, it kept it from being uh dull yeah I agree, Pete. Okay. Well, Kate, I'm going to give you the first shot at this one. What had you sing in the blues? What wasn't quite so great about this show? Um, it was just a tiny bit too long for me. Uh, I found myself um, <clears throat> checking to see how much time was left. Uh, I It was just a little bit too long. Um I, because I was thinking about this and I was like, okay, what, what would I change? And I don't, I don't know if I would change a whole, whole lot. Um, like I said, I really liked that they had all of the political stuff in it and what was also going on at that time. And the fact that Woodstock got all of the recognition and this got none, um, but it was just a bit too long for me. I don't, but I don't know what I would have cut. I don't know what I would have changed. Um, but there were two, two or three separate occasions where I was like, Oh my God, there's still 50 minutes left in this. So, <laughs> but it was good. So Pete, what do you think? I didn't mind the length, but my, my complaint is similar in that they packed so much into this <laughs> that it, 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 it it didn't feel like it had much of an overall narrative in that, uh, you know, and, and that's tricky with a documentary not all documentaries have to have that, but it's just, there's a lot of information in it, but no like kind of through line of it that worked particularly well. Um, so it, it makes it, I think less rewatchable than, some documentaries which uh you know really give you a fascinating story of like th there's there's no like individual that they focus on which in a way is good but it also doesn't hook you into the story necessarily so i don't know it's it's a hard it's a hard thing to bring up because i said i i i i don't want it to be longer i it, it i agree with you in that it was it shouldn't have been longer um but it also it, it jumped around a lot, which I think had it I think had a harder time drawing you in necessarily. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but I'll let Steve Yeah, you're saying it right. Yeah. I think Pete, that's where my ideas I think I was looking more for a balance between that Carl's concert film and then the document or I'd really say the documentary story, the story. I I I think maybe I want to know more about Tony Lawrence, who was such a big part of the festival. And it was like this little snippet. And there's other times where I wanted to know more of the backstory of these people who experienced it and them reflecting back on, it. especially like the fifth dimension, watching them see their, see themselves perform and then realizing how impactful actually it was sort of that I get to live that moment again. Um, I did like the history facts. I, I learned things of where it was eye opening. Like one thing that comes to me is um, them questioning people about people and landing on the moon. 
and them having like, who cares? Someone landed on the moon. What about this? Sort of that, that perspective of where they're coming from and what this entire concert series really meant for the people who were there. Um, I mean, for me, like I said, I wasn't alive then. I, I've read about facts, but again, we're only getting snippets. And fortunately, now we're getting more and more information. So we're getting a clear picture of how that really impacted people. So again, for me, it's that balance between the music and the story behind this entire historical event. Derek. Um, while I'm glad that this was made, it was not overall an engaging documentary to me. Um, there are so many better documentaries that talk about this time period in African-American history. Um, the one that comes to mind for me is the Eyes on the Prize series. And yes, it was made in the 1980s, but it holds up and it holds up well. Um, w- my wife asked me, we do, we have, there's a, uh, very specifically an African-American civil rights unit that we do with our freshmen every year. And she asked me if I was going to add this in. And to me, I'm not going to show the whole thing. I might show a couple different snippets of, you know, when they talk about the Black Panthers, when they talk about Jesse Jackson, when they talk, when Jesse Jackson gets up and talk, those kind of things, but I'm not going to show the whole thing. Um, The other thing for me is if you're going to try and engage people that are not necessarily part of the inside inside group, the inside culture. And this is where I'm getting with, especially the Stevie Wonder one, play a song that we recognize of his. That that's because, and to start with him, start with him. I get it. It's great. But if you're going to hook somebody, start with him with a song that everybody knows and can kind of jam along to. They did it with the fifth dimension. They did it with a couple of the other acts. They didn't do it with Stevie Wonder, though. And they, B.B. King has so many different songs. B.B. King's, 98% of his songs sound the same. But, um, which is good. I love B.B. King. But Stevie Wonder starting off with a song that not really any, okay, is not one of the ones that's on normal rotation in, on a oldies station. Because Stevie Wonder is in heavy rotation on a lot of oldies stations. Mm-hmm. The one they played is not one I had ever heard before. So, and to start it with that, started it slow for me and started it with a didn't, didn't, I was excited to go watch this and okay, it's Stevie Wonder, awesome. And then, huh? What's he saying? What? When there are so many of his other songs that could have been, more meaningful, and I know he pro- he probably sang more. I know he sang more than one song. So let me hear a song that, especially if you're going to lead with him, it's it's the whole. It goes back to the essay writing. It's an Eng- it's a it's an English thing. It's a production thing. Hook your audience early, and they missed the hook. To me, and to me, I think that's probably. Set the t- honestly, it set the tone for me for the whole music. I loved the fifth dimension section. I loved the fifth dimension section. I would love to hear, I would honestly, at this point, love to see a documentary on the fifth dimension. Um, because of how they reacted and how 
you could tell how down to earth they were. Like you could tell how special this was for them. I think is what Kate said. Um, I understand why they brought in Lin Manuel Miranda and his dad, kinda because it, again, that's a, that's a face that everybody knows. But again, there are all there are other Cuban American musicians that they could have brought in that. Okay, that, awesome. That's one thing I couldn't figure out. Was his dad there? Yeah, that. Uh, yes, his dad was there. I think. Okay. Or his dad knew the guy who performed, or something. Okay. Because it was right on the edge of because it was right on the edge of Harlem and East Harlem, and East Harlem was Spanish Harlem. Right. Yeah. So anyone who's ever seen West Side Story, that's. <laughs> I mean that that's what it is. It's it's East Side versus West Side. It's the Puerto Ricans versus yeah. So, um, it just did not, while I appreciate, I said, I appreciate that it was made. There were times that it was hard to watch and just, just well, I think that's, that's also, it's different from what I said, but it's, it's a similar problem, right? That there was, there was so much there. They couldn't focus on any one thing. And by not focusing on any one thing, because I agree with you, like, like, there was interesting stuff about Stevie wonder, but they couldn't spend a lot of time with them. So they just kind of, there goes Stevie wonder. And so many of the characters, like not every story was that interesting, but when you got to an interesting story, five minutes later, you're on to another story and not all of them. So you'd like get hooked for a few minutes and then, then something would come along that would be. And again, it's Kate's comment. Yeah, maybe it's a little long, you know. So I agree. I wonder if, I wonder if it's kind of all the same problem in that it it's it 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 tried to do a it tried to do a lot. Yes, it tried to give a complete picture of it. Where, and I understand why they wanted to show that all these famous people showed up. And trust me, if you guys have ever seen Woodstock, talk about a show that goes on too long. <laughs> oh my gosh the, you're talking about the movie the movie Woodstock yes oh yeah it's boring <laughs> it's boring as heck it's worse I mean it's worse than just about any of the documentaries we've watched on here so far just because it's yeah. so long and again, you should watch the documentary for Woodstock 99 that you won't get bored during that one <laughs> you're right because I won't watch it Oh, it's so good. No, it's because it was a disaster, right? It was an awful, it was a horrible disaster. Oh. Yeah. No. But okay. I hear what I hear like what we're saying is there's no like connecting thread that really ties everything together. That's fair. Yeah. And I, yeah. and I don't know if you know, again, we were talking about the cultural side of things. I don't know if if we're part of that culture, if it, it would feel more uniting than it does. But, and, and again, I think all of us are saying it didn't make it a bad movie. It, it just, right. I think held it back from being a great movie. <coughs> all right. Now, as we said, we've talked about how great the cast, the, the artists were from this. Steve, I'm going to start with you. Favorite artist who, who actually appeared in the film. Who is your uh, overall of those? Who's your favorite artist of them? Uh, um, I was watching that this afternoon, quickly going through, trying to refresh my memory of everything. I think mine would have to be Slide in the Family Stone at the very end of the film, higher because I guess really like sort of that that funk sound. Um, 
I think they were stand out. I mean, there's other ones. I love Gladys and the Pips, um, BB King, but I think that was probably one of my favorite um, performances near the end of the film. So I'm going to go with them. So slide in the family stone. Yeah. Um, for me, I enjoyed the BB King segment because they actually just basically sat and watched him play a play two minutes of a song and then kind of moved on, which is about what you need to do for BB King. But um, for me, probably fifth dimension. Um, just because of what I've said about how not only the, their music, but also how you could tell it it reacted with them. Kate? Uh, Pete, for the, for the life of me, I can't remember her name now. What did you say her name was? Nina Simone. Yeah, that one. She was so good. I, it was going to be Stevie Wonder um, until she came on and I was like, oh, she's she's fabulous so so pete yeah. what about you call up your spotify <laughs> and listen to more of her stuff by the way um uh i agree with all of you those are all high on there i'm gonna go with stevie wonder because not his performance in this film but actually the stuff that came later out of him he was still very he he was like a child prodigy um, which they didn't really talk about. I mean, his first hit was when he was like 10 or something like that. But his like his real like great, great music was from the 70s. And um, I think it's songs from the key of life. If if you've ever listened to that album, mm-hmm. oh my God, it is so good. Um, but I, I agree, Sly and the Family Stone, great fifth dimension. It was funny they showed that album with them in the in the hot air balloon. <laughs> My mom had that album when I was a kid. I, I have that I remember, album somewhere. I, I remember seeing it. Um, and and again, Nina Simone is amazing too. So uh, none of none of those choices were bad ones. Okay, now who would you have liked? And I think you've got time to do this question. Who one artist? Who should have been included that wasn't? And I understand there's there's all sorts of agents and agreement companies and touring companies and touring conflicts. But for in the vein of who was there, Kate, I'm going to start with you on the give you first shot on this one. Who is one artist that also should have been included? I can't pick just one. I have three. <laughs> One for now, uh, none of us mentioned it. Come back to it. No, I can't yeah. do that. I can narrow it down to two. Do two uh, then. Jimi Hendrix. Actually, I have an interesting fact about that. That was mine. Uh, um, he oh, really? actually asked to be part of the festival, but was rejected. I was mm-hmm. reading an article this afternoon. Yeah, he was. He and I, I have I have to read a little bit more, but I got the feeling that what they were saying was he was too sort of not meeting the needs of what they wanted but so he wow. asked to actually be part of it and then they told him no oh no so can i say my second one since i took steve's yeah because i took steve's answer uh ray charles yeah that i can see that i can see that ray charles. so pete what about you um for an artist of that time i would have liked to have seen marvin gay Mm, he, good choice. He, he, it would have that would have been kind of right in the middle of his career um and uh i think he he would have he would have fit well in some of the the you know more bluesy 
artists. And I just double checked to make sure he was still alive. And he was <laughs> actually, I didn't realize how late it was that he was, that he was killed. It was 84. So. Yeah. Marvin Gaye was killed. His dad shot him. Mm-hmm. What? Bummer for Marvin right. Gaye. I'll go. I will go do research on that. Yeah. Anything else? So you said Henrix. I had also say, I was thinking also Ike and Tina Turner at the time. Mm. At the time, yes. Yeah. Uh, were they still together at that point? That's what I, I'd have to research. I think so, but, yeah. But Yo, I, I, he was I, like a bad mamma jamma. Like, he was not good people. No, no he's he not, not good people, not but I'm thinking uh, who would in that time at that right. time frame yes. of seeing them perform at that, that, I'd put them there. Yeah, he was not a nice guy, but... Okay. Yeah, till seventy six they were performing together. So that's fair. So um y'all have missed the obvious one. I cannot believe none of y'all have mentioned the Queen of Soul. Aretha Franklin. Ah, that was what I was gonna that was my third one. However, <laughs> she was supposed to and had to cancel at the last minute. She was supposed mm-hmm. to sing with Mahala Jackson. The two oh. of them together. That would have been amazing. That would have been, oh my gosh, amazing. <laughs> um, so, and apparently she was supposed to be like the feature of the gospel torch. She was supposed to be, you know, that it was supposed to be where she sings that and then goes on to Mavis Staples. So it was supposed to be, she was supposed to sing with Aretha Franklin rather than Mavis Staples on that one. So, but apparently, I mean, and because I've read some stuff with um, where Questlove did some research on it as he was putting it together, and she was apparently an 11th hour, last minute, had to cancel. So, um, I want to add one more. Sure. Uh, Duke Ellington. Was he around still? I'm not he sure. Was. I, he didn't die until 74. Okay. Now, I know Count Basie, this was actually the third year of this festival. Count Basie had actually done the year before. So, but again, that's 68 moving into 69, where lots different in 69 than in 68. 68 was not. You've also got. You've also got Ella Fitzgerald. There's so many good ones, man. I could stay on this soapbox for a long time. Yeah. Um, huh. Someone else that was supposed to do it? How about Luther Vandross? He was 17 years old. He was 17 years at the time. So I was going to say, I don't think he was a big star then, though, right? No, but he was supposed to perform. Mm. Um, so, anyway, <laughs> this, I said, there's so many great, great artists that did perform, that could have performed. Now, I think this is probably one of our harder, at least for me, one of my harder rating, Pixie Dust ratings to put on a show. So, Kate, I'm going to start with you for Summer of Soul, Pixie Dust ratings out of five. Uh, I'm going to give it a 3.5. Go ahead, Pete. That's that's actually what I'm going to give it a 3.5. I think it's worth watching, um, watching it a second because again I I'd seen it like six months ago. I felt like it was long enough ago. I wanted to watch it again. Um, it didn't grab me as much the second time. 
And so that's probably why I would give it a three and a half. What about you, Steve? I'm actually going with a four. I actually, I enjoyed it. I mean, probably rewatchability, no, but I'm a person who doesn't like to watch things more than once or read a book more than once. Um, I was entertained. Um, my husband is one who had to stop it and go, okay, how much more? I was totally engaged, totally enjoying it. Um, like I said, only thing I wish more was there's more balance between the history and the performances because there's some history pieces I wanted to know more about. So I'm going to go with a four. I also kind of wish there was not that I wanted more music in it. I wish there was like an addendum where you could go and watch like the entire performances. Like if, 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 nice, there were, yeah. if there was a performance that caught your, uh, that caught your interest and you're like, Oh man, this is really good. I wish I could see more of it that you could go and then watch that. Um, I think if it had just been a documentary about only the performances, it might not have been as good, but I, I wish I could see those. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> no, I like that idea. Nice. Sorry, hey, Questlove, if you're listening. <laughs> oh, it's my turn now. <laughs> um, and see, Pete, I think if it had been more of the performances, this would have made it a better show to me. Just because, as I said, not for me, not a ton of this was new. I think I'm going to put this... I'm going to put this at a three only because it's something everyone should see once type thing. Um, if, especially if you are not all that familiar with everything that went on, that was going on at that period of time. Um, and I struggled, I would be honest, I struggled between a two and a half and a three on this one. Just <laughs> That's still pretty high from Derek though. It is. It is. Um, yeah. So, okay. Kate, we do have a couple Pixie Dust, uh, Pixie Dust news. Wow. We do have a couple <laughs> Disney Plus. See, that's what I get for reading the screen. A couple <laughs> Plus do. news objects. What have we got this week? We do, first of all, Wonderful World of Mickey Mouse Steamboat Silly is coming to Disney Plus on July 28th. A trailer was released earlier this week. So there's Halo, that. Yeah. Halo looked at yeah. Yeah. Uh, next up, Disney announced that the new Daredevil series is the latest casualty of delays caused by the writer strike. Filming has been paused on the series. I'm surprised that that's the only one that they have announced. That was, that was not, okay. That's the one that they have actually had to pause it in the middle of Got it. shooting. Got it. And because um, next, next, next topic. Oh. Next, ultimately affecting the release schedule of Disney Plus, Disney announced that most of the Marvel's Star Wars and Avatar movies are being delayed from their original release dates, some by up to a year. Yeah, including I know at least the last two Avengers movies have been delayed by a year. Yep. Um, Avatar, the four and five on Avatar is delayed at least a year, if not two. Um, the Star Wars movies that are supposedly coming out and are in pre-production have been have the release dates have been delayed yeah almost a year i mean quite honestly this is good news because usually when there's a writer's strike they push movies through with not unfinished yeah. scripts yeah. and they're garbage and um 
the, the movie I think uh, <laughs> the movie I always think about with that is um, I believe it was Men in Black 2. If you watch Men in Black 2, that was a horrible movie. casualty of the writer's strike. And it is a terrible, terrible movie. <laughs> and you can tell at moments where the writers, the good writers were actually a part of it and the points where they couldn't go back and change it because it was right. in a writer's strike. So. Yeah. Which so I, it's 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 good they're delaying these things. I don't completely get Avatar three being delayed because supposedly it's done being filmed and everything. So I don't know why that would delay things, but I don't know. I think from what I've seen, I think he wants to have it more evenly spaced out rather than have three and then have like a year and a half till four, mm-hmm. or even two and a half till four. Yeah, he want they want to try and evenly space it, which. I'm not sure who really needs an avatar three, four, or five. But. Uh, <laughs> number one at the box office and number what three no, at no, the no, box no, office? No, 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 all no, time. I understand that. I understand the money part of it. I totally get that part. Right. But it's not a good show. Right. But okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna argue that I, I liked it more than you guys did, admittedly. But yes. they waited 13 years to do a sequel. And the sequel still made almost $2 billion. Right. And so clearly there is interest out there that, that they, clearly people like these movies is what I'm saying. But are they going to oversaturate the market? Well, I don't think, I don't necessarily think every two okay. years would, but okay. every three That's years fair. fine. That's fair. Okay. All right. Next week. Because- I agree. I don't want an avatar movie every year. No. Because we have Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny or the AARP Indiana Jones or whatever we're calling it. Um, Just next, retire Indy. <laughs> next week, we're going to watch Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Um, because, And the reason we picked, I picked that one is because everyone has watched Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark. And everyone has an opinion on it. And no one's opinion on that one's going to change. Temple of Doom, just no, which technically is a prequel to Raiders of the Lost Ark because it happens in 1935. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, but Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade is one that I think has a lot of interesting stuff we could discuss. Yes. As far as it, and is not one that people, it's not one that people have watched. Okay. Most people have not watched it 20 times and no, could almost quote it line for line. I've probably seen that one the least. Well, okay, Crystal Skull. I've seen the okay, least. Okay, no, no, no. We're not talking Crystal Skull. No, huh, 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 huh. no. Crystal Skull was terrible. Yes. So, um, I mean, the only advantage to Crystal Skull is he ends up with Marion. That's the only good thing about Crystal Skull. That's the only good thing about Crystal Skull. There's a couple good scenes in the movie, but generally, it is not a good movie. It is not a good movie. So. All right. So, guys, that's next week. We've got several other things coming up. We've got, we're going to be watching one of the Pirates of the Caribbean, the original Pirates of the Caribbean movie coming up. We've got a couple other things coming up, but we've got some spots open in July and August. If there are things you want us to watch, please email us at plusplatoon at gmail.com, message us on Facebook, message us on Instagram, get a hold of us somehow and let us know, hey, I want to watch that. And if we pick your show, you could be on the show, be on it with us, you know? been a while since we've had guests on so guys we do have new episodes every thursday on youtube and all of the major podcasting services for 
Pete, Steve, Kate, we are out of here and we will see everyone next week. Bye, guys. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Thanks for watching this week's episode of The Plus Platoon. Be sure to subscribe to The Plus Platoon podcast to keep getting great content each week. Then head over to Apple Podcasts and leave those five-star reviews as they help make The Plus Platoon visible to even more Disney Plus fans. Also, go to YouTube and like and subscribe to The Plus Platoon channel, where you can watch all future episodes live. If you have a question for The Plus Platoon, please send us an email to plusplatoon at gmail.com or connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at plusplatoon. Plus Platoon is a Disney Plus fan podcast and is not affiliated with the Walt Disney Company or the Disney Plus streaming service. All opinions expressed on the show are solely those of the individual hosts and in no way reflect the views of the Walt Disney Company. Thanks for watching and be sure to stay tuned for next week's episode because the Plus Platoon is to be continued. Continued.